Sam Roberts on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was the Canadian dream. So maybe you heard him talking about socialism, things like that. Seems like an appropriate thing to talk about the day before the election. Regardless of who wins, maybe you want to move to Canada. And guess who's Canadian can put in a good word for you. My name is Nick, and I am that Canadian. Welcome to A Certain Degree on WPRK. We do this every week from 7 to 9, and every week I have a special guest. Paul Driscoll is here from page 15. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Nick. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thank you for getting up this early and coming in and uh, possibly missing taking your kids to school and all that fun stuff. I'm missing it. Yeah. A little bit. All right. Well, this is going to be way more fun. So, Paul, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. We're going to talk about Page 15 and all the things going on. So Page 15 is a great organization here in town. Uh, a lot like uh, we had Stephanie from the Florida Film Academy last week. So we met her through sending Miller to a camp. We're trying to find interesting and new and innovative summer camps, which is now a thing. Used to be the summer camps were uh, not very uh, varied. More like the rec center. Yeah, yeah, Drop yeah. Drop them off exactly. at the rec. Hopefully they don't get hurt. Now you can do just about anything. Your kids can learn to play, to make movies, writing skills from page 15 and really learning to be, and or not learning to be imaginative, but taking advantage of the imagination that's already there. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but first we want to get to know you a little bit better. And we start every week uh, with, you know, a, a game. So warm up, get those thoughts moving, I think is how somebody would put it. Uh, so it's basically 20 questions. You have to say whether you're for something or against it. We might dig in and find out why, if it's particularly, if it seems... If you're just like, you have a visceral reaction okay. to hair products, I want to know okay. why. Product, gotcha. Yeah, but that's not one of the questions. Okay. So instead of saying yes or no or up or down, mm -hmm. I complicate it by giving you two completely arbitrary things. Okay. In this case, this week, sweetness or light. Wait, what? Yeah. Sweetness or? Or light. Light. So when you're into something, say sweetness. I, I like that one. Yeah. Sweetness. That makes sense. I think there was a movement at some point, like you could say sweet, sweet. for something. Right. Yeah. And so maybe right. you could just add on to that sweetness. sweetness. Uh, it's Walter great. Payton, actually. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, then wait, what's negative? Well, so let me finish on okay, sweetness yeah, yeah, on right. why I chose this. Right, right. Uh, so it's, you know, for dentists, it keeps them employed and off the streets. True. And dentistry, I think, is the most happy career that you can go into. Really? In terms of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it has the highest suicide rate of any profession, but I think in general, they're happy. Dentistry does? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't, didn't know that? Know that. No. Yeah. Uh, light, like daylight, hey, we're trying to save that, so it's bad. We literally bent the laws of time and space this past weekend, right? Uh, I'm with because you. Because yeah, we yeah. hate light. Okay, right. I think that's why. I'm not really yeah. sure. I it, I hate it. We've eliminated an hour of light, right? Right. We destroyed it. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't, see, that's science. I, I, that's a little bit beyond me. Too much science? Yeah. All right, let's, let's take it back. So, Sweetness, yes. Sweet. Light. Sweetness, no. yes. Yeah. Light, negative. All right. Starting off, pool baths. Pool baths. What's a, I mean, what is a pool bath? So I mean, I have a pool. You have a pool. And a bath. These are separate things. Those though. are separate things. Okay, but now there's you're bringing no those soap, together. There's no soap involved. Oh. So you are, you just mowed the lawn. You, you got to go to the grocery yeah. store. Okay, yeah. You got to go to a big fundraiser. Or yeah, something like that. You don't, want fundraiser, take, yeah. you don't want to take a shower. You just no, jump in the pool. No, yeah. That's why you have a go. pool. Yeah. I mean, that's 90% of the reason I have a pool. 90 to pool 95. Bath. So I'm going to go sweetener. Sweetness. Sweetness. Good. <laughs> Paul, how about Generation X? Oh, am I? <laughs> this is a great question, actually, because I'm not sure of what generation 
You I'm are? supposed to be affiliated. How do you not know? It's like knowing your blood type. Well, I think I'm like in that, I'm like a tweener. Between is there, Generation X and... I feel like, and what? What's after X? Is there uh, a Y? Y and then Millennials. Y seems kind of like they got a short... It was a very, sh- yeah, it was a little I don't bit hear short. much about wires. Right. I hear Xers. I hear, obviously, millennials all the time. Yeah. But wires, I don't, I don't even know what characterizes a Y. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So Poor is guys. that a time period? Maybe, so anyway, well, I maybe they Maybe they renamed it millennials. Oh, you think they just pushed them into millennials? Yeah, let's that just. That makes sense. Generation Y, that sounds awful. Let's right. rebrand. Right. And their behaviors are probably somewhat consistent. Yeah, I would imagine. So you I guess, be. am I an Xer then? I think you're probably X. Well, you're I was born in 75. Yeah, you're an ex. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Solidly? Solid. Okay. Yeah, towards the end, maybe, but that. yeah. I can accept that. That's yeah. Generation X, like X Games, X, X Stream. The spot. Those so we're pirates things. for the right. most part. Right. Yeah. You're an Xer. Yeah. Cool. 73. Okay. 73. Great. Class of 75. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should be a handshake. <laughs> it is just this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It X doesn't factor, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really translate to radio, nope. but you guys missed it. It's great. All right, so your own generation then, how do you feel about us? I'm a fan, obviously. I mean, I'm representing the best <laughs> I can every day. I'm with millennials a lot, so, you know, it's got to try to, you know, bring some sort of grounded element, I guess, is my role as now an, an ex-exer or a post-exer. A post-exer. So, yeah, I know I like, I'm, I'm sweet. I'm sweet on Generation X, obviously. Yeah, okay. I don't well, want to down sounds, my own generation. It sounds like Even though I sound like I didn't identify with my. Right, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 I don't know if you I'm guys embracing are great. it. Or, yeah, you, yeah, I love myself, so. <laughs> What's not the love? All right, so this came up with the iPhone not too long ago. Headphone jacks. Sweetness or light? Oh, headphone jacks. Because this, I'm, I'm going to have to say sweetness because I'm not, I'm on the jack. You like the you like oh the yeah yeah my phone five s probably yeah 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 okay and is that might be two generations old it's like four generations it's such old. a generation X I'm not say. even sure you yeah. can even use that still is yeah. it a phone still no it's a phone but it has no I can't it's got no more storage left oh nice. so I've I haven't been able to take a picture like of my family in about a year <laughs> or I have to That's delete so important you, things yeah 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 and Your I have family to decide. stopped at 2015 yeah, and I look at my pictures and I think about how important it is to me that memory or that video and I have to make a really tough decision to clear yeah. up space on my iPhone I mean as opposed to just plugging it in and taking some of the photos off of there as opposed to that right yeah yeah because no, that would good. involve plugging it in right and uploading yeah no that sounds who wants pretty... to go through that just for the sake of memories of your family. Right yeah. now you sound more like a boomer, by the way. Do I? Yeah. See, I think I identify with the boomer. Yeah, a little yeah. Luddite-ness. Yeah. And, a yeah. lot of that. A yeah. lot of that. Good. We're really breaking ground here. I appreciate this. <laughs> You're all this over is the good. Place. This is good. It, it really, it's not only that we could get to know you a little bit better, it's so that you can get to know yourself a yeah, little bit better. Yeah, we're digging and it's early. Yeah. I didn't expect to go this Yo, deep yeah. right away. No, I Me like neither. This. this is good no. for me, actually. Me neither. I don't have to pay for this all. either, right? This is as all far as I know. Through. Okay, good. Well, you'll pay during b- bad business ideas. In a okay, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that very much. Actually. All right, liberal arts colleges, sweetness or light? Oh, we were just talking about this yep. <laughs> off the record. No, I love liberal arts. Went to a liberal arts college. I believe strongly in the liberal arts. I think everything should be grounded in liberal arts, and then from there you can go out into anything else you can. But our humanity um, is something that says. The most important thing that we have. So no matter what we get into, especially young people out there who aren't awake. Is anyone listening to this? Do you suppose? Oh, no. Oh, a couple. No, no, no. This is just for you and me. Okay, cool. 
I'm and not even broadcasting this. We, this is uh, this is a radio intervention. We're just, we're just we're just recording. Yeah. And then I send it to you on SoundCloud. It's very uh, millennial. Um, so what were we talking about? So was I supposed to say sweetness? Liberal, yeah, liberal oh, arts. I'm college. very sweet on very very sweet on liberal arts. All right. So how about uh, let's go back to the millennials and whatever the next generation is Snapchat. Ooh. How do you feel about that one? So How obviously you probably don't even have that on your phone. No, nah, you I, I don't anything. have the space for Snapchat, <laughs> that's for sure. But I've been I've been Snapchatted. Okay. Um, I've been Snapchatted against my will even. I don't know if there's any. So somebody took a, is what you're saying, somebody's taking a picture of you? No, not a picture. Like I, I've been in videos and then I hear about them. After. So someone Snapchats, right? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. somehow I'm in the Snapchat, Uh-huh. right? And, and then later recognized. on in my life, people will talk about the Snapchat that they saw me in. And it's usually something really embarrassing. So I think I have like moles in my life that are Snapchatting me and then sending it out to other people I know. That's really interesting. Are, it's scary, actually. They don't make you it's a little scary. paranoid, I think. A little paranoid. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm still sweet on it because I don't want to like, you know, be too much, too much of a Luddite. Right. But I don't Snapchat myself. Okay. My wife Snapchats. That's all I know. And then my niece is obviously everybody else is, uh, you know, young and hip and amazing. So everybody else but you. True. true right. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I do have a Facebook account. Great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very Good much. Good to know. You can look up Paul <laughs> Put that right uh, in the X on the Facebook.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice job. On the Facebook machine. I will be there. Comic book movies. Oh man, you had to bring that up. I don't want any conflict this morning, but I, I'm very light. Very light. I'm very light. You're on hardcore light comic on them. book movies. Strongly light, which is weird. Yeah, it sounds kind of like yeah. an oxymoron. Str very strongly light on that. Yeah, I never actually got into them. Never got so into never the comics. Comic Didn't read comic books when I was a kid. And then those movies never really attracted me too much. Right. What did it start like? Mostly with the Batman. I always think of the Batman series as. Like I mean, the it's been around like translating. Yeah, translating. This is what drives Hollywood movies. right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is like comic book movies. Yep, as we saw this weekend with Doctor Strange making pulling in like three hundred million dollars worldwide. Yeah, I've had some people with mixed movie. reviews though. No, it was pretty solid. So yeah. it was an origin story. So you're going to get, right. you know, a basic, a pretty basic story. It's just how do they tell it? Right? I think people wanted them to go deeper though. Oh, absolutely. Right. And yeah. is that the case always with an origin story? Absolutely. People want to, let's go 100%. deeper. Let's yep. go deeper. But really let's advance the action of the story. Right, let's because, get to the blow them up kind of thing. Yeah. If you're already, well, if you're already familiar with the character. Uh huh. Then the origin story is okay. Well, yeah, it's an origin. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yada yada yada. Yeah, I got that. So I, I want to go. Uh -huh. What What about this? You know, kind of esoteric mm -hmm. battle that he did back in issue X. You know, like that. That's the one I love. That's the one right. I want to see on the screen. But what if I did like a that. prologue for people that didn't read the comic books, didn't have the origin story, wanted oh, a deeper like experience? A yeah, no, or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, and then people were prepared for that, so you could stay and you get popcorn. And you get your things because I'm like, I already know the origin story. I just want I'll to get in the action. Like and you just kind of have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing out ideas. I like that. Yeah. I like that. We're just fixing comic book movies. That's all we're doing. It, they don't need that much fixing, obviously, because they're doing really well at the box office. But to draw me in, maybe yeah. I need to connect yeah. more with the characters. You're that undecided voter for comic oh, book movies. Don't start with those people. <laughs> There's no such thing. I don't believe in it. All right, so let's switch over. How about fall and or autumn? Oh, romance. Thank you so much. Yeah. I am so, so sweet. So sweet on fall. 
Fall's a big season for me. Cooler weather, pumpkin spices, holidays. Not a pumpkin spice guy. Well, it's fine. I know, it's but just... I'm the celebration of pumpkin spice yeah. I'm really big into, and I'm really happy for all the people that enjoy it. But uh, fall's big for us. Fall's, I mean, as an educator, fall, you get the season going. You've mm. kind of got some weeks under your belt. You've established yourself for better or worse. And so you're really riding yourself till spring at this point. And then fall in my personal life, we do a lot. I got married in October. No, oh, my nice. wife's birthday is in October, and then Thanksgiving, and it all kind of ends right there at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you so say you're done at Thanksgiving. That's just my thing. Yeah, I just love Thanksgiving. And then for the rest of the year, you're just like that last five around. to six weeks. Oh yeah, that's nothing. Just take a nap. Yeah, hibernate. Ride basically. it out. Ride yeah. it out. And then my yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I'm more of a fall guy than a winter guy. Okay, I okay. think. Well, I mean, you live in Florida, so fall is kind of extended into yeah, January. Yeah, that's what I mean but, by that. Yeah. The fall experience, which obviously goes through winter here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to confuse everybody out there. Right. No, thank you for, for clarifying that. Uh, uh, we so can come back, back to that. We can circle back. Let's, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's go back to technology for a second. How about driverless Uber? Have that's you scary. Have you Ubered? I haven't. Okay. Okay. So you're probably already scared <laughs> yeah. by that. Yeah. I thought about becoming an Uber driver, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a part of me that's really interested in that. More or less just picking up random strangers. Meet people. Even though that sounds weird when I say it. Interesting stories. Yeah. No, Interesting experiences. Totally Random cool. different people. You're just talking about the romance of falling off. Do you know anything about the money people make doing that? Obviously, they say you make, you know, hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Per <laughs> Did year. you see that? How excited yeah, I that was? Know. Hundreds. Hundreds. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, so no I actually idea. thought about doing that and still do it partially, you know, as a side project. So what but about the driverless side? So that the driverless scares me cars. to death. No. So you, yeah. don't, you oh, would never man, get in so one of those. so light on that. Oh, never? I mean, there may be a time in my life where I just have to accept it. Could be, but by then, more than likely, they've worked out most of the kinks. Yeah, but it's still going to freak me out a little bit. Okay. You like control. I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go right there to control. And after I said it, I thought, oh, no, he's going to identify me as a control freak. Yeah, I do. I like control. Yeah. What can uh -huh. I say? Yeah. Especially in the vehicle. All you right. ever driven with someone that you don't feel is in control? Uh, everyone that right. drives when I'm okay. a passenger. Wait till Miller gets in the car. You're going to ride Why shotgun with him? Why did you have to do that? Oh, yeah. We won't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only weeks away. <sighs> All right. Uh, speaking of control issues, how about jerky? Jerky. Turkey jerky? Any of it. No, don't turkey jerky. Um, you know Tillamook? Yeah. Have you ever had that? Yeah, yeah. Like Oregon? Mm -hmm. Man, that's good jerky. That's good jerky. Yeah, I am not very sweet on that jerky. store-bought jerky is not quite uh, good. No, no. But some it's, of the, uh, it's a little dry. Gourmet jerky, uh, if good. you will. Okay, so very sweet on good jerky. Kind of light on run-of-the-mill standard jerky. I mean, does like a, like a Slim Jim even count as jerky? I'm not even sure that that's meat. No, I don't think it's in meat. The, in the traditional sense. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. No, you couldn't categorize as a meat. No, because it's no. the extra parts. Is it, It's a mineral then. It's mineral. It's not animal or vegetable. No, there's no vegetables have touched okay. that. Yeah, I think so, it would go mineral. No, I don't do. No, I don't do those. But I do quality jerky. All right. I'd like to make my own jerky, actually. You should. In, yeah. your, in your Uber. In my Uber, you can, and I could tell people, I'm like, don't worry so, about that. It's just some yeah, meat yeah. drying. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. We're just push that over the side. Don't worry about that. Help yeah. yourself, though. Drying meat. Uh, okay, so you're a big reader. 
about? I wish I was. I wish I read more, but you know, I'm, I, well, I'm I'm procreating, so there's not as much independent time for reading long novels and such. Well, I mean, you're procreating all the time. Oh uh, no, no, I, not or you quite mean as you much have as I'd kids. like, but I have a kid. Okay, he's like having three kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I read a lot well, of stuff for him and with him. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. And the Chinese proverb is one is like none and two is like 20. Is that what it is? Yeah. One is like none and, and two is like 20. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have to have two in order to see the perspective of one being like none. So that's what you need? That's up to you. I don't know if I traded my one for two for just a couple of days. <laughs> just to see, see what it's like. He's special. All right. He's special. Uh, so reading on a tablet. How do you feel about that? Oh, on a t- I read a lot on my phone, actually. Oh, yeah. But not literature. Right, More right, like articles, and educational stuff, like stuff and yeah. then, you know, entertainment. So I read a lot on my phone, but um, if I was, if I'm reading a book, I want to read the real paper. I'm a big paperback guy. The weight to have. I love to have a book that I can put in my back pocket. I love to travel with something like that. Yeah. You know, an airport security is so tight now that I basically go almost wearing nothing. Just pants, t-shirt, flip-flops, and a paperback. Picking up strangers. That's it. Yeah. I meet a lot of people that way. <laughs> I would imagine. All right. So this is coming up in California now. I think it's in New York City as well. How do you feel about soda tax? Soda tax. Yeah. So they're doing that in New York City, right? Didn't they outlaw yeah. like large sodas there? They outlawed large okay. sodas. Uh, so you have to go and refill all the time. California is considering it. I think they might be voting on something tomorrow, okay. as a matter of fact. And they've got good support for that? Uh, I, I think so. I think California is the, the place where stuff like that's probably going to pass. So this is the equivalent of like cigarette taxes. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So this is I don't a tough one because make... I do enjoy a Coca-Cola. Every once then. in a while, yeah. I do enjoy that. It's like really American for me. So it's not really for you in terms of, you know, it's a way to dissuade people from doing something mm-hmm. that the perception is unhealthy. Do you really think that taxing the soda is dissuading people from purchasing it? Uh, no, because no. of the way that okay. soda's priced as opposed to cigarettes, it's going right. to be a lot harder to, because right. they're just going to discount it more. It's, right. it's sugar and water. Because they want to make it available to you. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, it's as a gateway drug. It's not that expensive in the first place. So right. if they have to discount it another three cents to get it back down to 79 cents per large right. or big gulp or whatever. Not a huge so, impact. Yeah. I don't think it's going to do that much. But it's going to raise money for healthcare, I'm assuming. I would hope so. Diabetes research. That's sort more of thing. than likely if it's a government thing, then what they're going to do is put that towards something and then take away the extra money that they were already putting towards that. So like the lottery. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I yeah, got yeah. you. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm lukewarm on it, but I'm going to say light. I'm going to go yeah. light on that. I don't think it really addresses the issue. Right, because I'm, yeah. I'm saying, what what am I getting for that extra half, half cent? Right. You know, so I'm going to buy 12 ounces. I'm going to chip in an extra half cent. And Where's that what? going? What's that doing for society? Right. How about theme parks? Speaking of what's that doing for society? Well, you can't be in Orlando and not appreciate the value of a good theme park. So are you, Paul, mm-hmm. sweetness or light mm-hmm. on theme parks? These are hard, really hard hitting questions. Yeah. Your yeah. follow-ups are hard. Mm-hmm. You come right at me. Yeah. Right there. I made you think it was just going to be a simple warm-up. Yeah, I was just no. kind of like going to gloss over it. This is uh, we can do lightning up. round. Uh, I'm going to go sweetener, sweetness on theme parks generally. Okay. I'm going to just go sweetness on that. All right, very good. Uh, okay, so let's do a little bit. Let's do five 
uh, lightning round. So just really quick, sweetness. Lightning light. round. Let's do it. Professional wrestling. Oh, very sweet. Nice. Daylight savings. It's confusing. Let's go light. Good. Zombies. Oh, sweet. Okay. Coffee. Sweetness. And solar power. Very sweetness. Very sweet. Vote no on nice. one. But well, I'm not well, allowed to say that on here. Uh, it is the no. I'm so not allowed to have a political point of view. I don't know. Is that even a political point of view? I'm not even sure. Okay, I'm pro solar. Okay, so very vote good. no on one. <laughs> All right, so just a couple left then, uh, and you can say however much or however little you want. Flip flops. I can't be more sweet on that. I really <laughs> can't. I thought about wearing flip flop this morning, but then I thought maybe it's unprofessional. Oh, no, I did the same thing, but I'm I work a big, here. So big, big flip-flop guy. Yeah. I, I rotate between two pairs I have right now. I'm very particular about my flip-flops. I basically talked Dave Krepko from Second Harvest Food Bank into allowing all of his employees to wear flip-flops to did work you? a few weeks I ago. I heard yeah. you guys talking flip-flops yeah, on yeah, yeah. shows. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he actually put that into uh, effect. That, uh, would, that would impact morale. Am I going oh. over this segment? I'm sorry, because you no. you just hit a nerve with flip flops. Uh, no, I don't. I'm a big, big flip flop guy. I have no agenda here today. Because I catch a lot of flack sometimes for showing up to the office on a Friday, maybe and a loose day, and flip flops. It's not that people are upset by that, but they're just confused by it. They a lot of people say, "Are you going to the beach today? What's going on?" And I, I'm like, <laughs> "What are you talking about? These are flip flops." No, I did. And these are my dailies. These are my dailies. As soon as I can take off my shoes and put my flip flops on, yeah, I am sweet to that. Okay. How about colonizing Mars? Okay. This is a weird one. Why? Why colonize Mars? Have you seen Mars? Not personally. But have you seen the images, alleged images of Mars? I'm assuming that these are images. I don't think they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. It's not like Star Wars, which we can talk about too. It's basically a desert planet with red rock, sand, desert. Atmosphere. No atmosphere. It would kill us in a heartbeat. Right. So. I'm going to have to say, obviously, light, because I don't understand the draw. So to, why would we go to Mars? Well, uh, so there's a couple of different reasons. One is to get away from Earth since we're destroying it. So we just keep moving on okay. to the next So planet. we move from lush Earth yep. to desert Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we have to look forward to. Because we are to. turning Earth into okay. a desert. And that's actually, maybe we came from Mars. Maybe Mars was lush at one point and we came over to Earth, terraformed. Forgot about Mars. There's something to that, actually. There's something to that. Little story there for you. Because you notice that. We don't seem to just sort of mesh in with the environment of Earth. Oh, no. No, we are. No, we hate it. We scarify it. Yeah. It's almost like we don't belong here. Whoa. So now you're on to something with Mars. Maybe we're the aliens. Exactly. I'm glad you brought this up because it's always kind of confused me about how, what what sort of stewards of the Earth are we really? Well, I have a green card, so I always feel like an alien. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Canadians. Yeah. Right. I keep forgetting yeah. that. Yeah. Everybody How's that does. working out for you? Right now? I yeah. mean, Wednesday, I might be very popular. So are you voting? No, I can't. Wow. Do you want me to vote for anything on your behalf? Uh, we can talk about this off the air. Because yeah, I'm still, as an undecided, I'm still able to be influenced. <laughs> you know, so if you have some strong opinions I'm about fully something. Fully undecided. Right. Totally undecided. How can you decide? Before. How can you decide? Right. Okay. Last one. Mm-hmm. Are you going to vote for Cobbler? Am I going to vote for Cobbler? Now is, on. is no, Cobbler sorry, running for it? Okay. Am I going to vote for Cobbler? Are you pro or con Cobbler? Now, Cobbler's so much like a pie. 
Correct. Okay. That's why I brought this up. Cobbler's like a mini pie. Mm-hmm. Are you cake or pie? I will usually go cake, but it's really? fall, so I'll do pie because I love a good pumpkin pie. See, I'm thinking I'm, okay, as a younger man, I would go cake without hesitation. Right. But as my palate has become more refined and mm-hmm. I start really appreciating like the textures of a pie, a good pie, mm-hmm. like you said, pumpkin pie, French silk pie, totally different category than these fruit pies, you know, sure. apple pie, cherry, cherry pie. there you go. See, blueberry, blueberry. I'm a pie guy. So I'm going to go, oh, it was cobbler. It was cobbler. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go sweet, sweet, very sweet. On cobbler, because it's like a mashed up pie a little bit. It's an art form, really. Too. Yeah, a good cobbler is hard to do. Not that I've ever made one, but I, th- I think I just ate a cobbler at a local restaurant, and I, I should call my wife and ask her about this because we really enjoyed some sort of pastry with cinnamon and apples inside of it. Okay, so a cobbler that could have been anything. Pie? It could have been anything. Yeah, right. Some fantastic. Ba- no, it wasn't quiche because that would have egg, right? I don't know. Like in this progressive food world that we now live You're in, right about that a fusion. Yeah. A weird sweet quiche. I I've should had, be taking notes. Man, on I've had savory cheesecake. It had shrimp and sausage in it. Okay, now you now you're freaking me out. Boom! I just blew what? your mind. We're gonna talk about this off air. Okay, so, okay. Paul, we're gonna cut to a song right now. We're gonna play uh, again. This is sort of um, inspired by, but not necessarily completely about the election tomorrow. We're gonna hear from Matt Kearney. All I need on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. Kind of a melancholy song for the day before the election. And so that's why I picked it. Not that we're being all melancholy, but, you know, nobody knows it's what's going to happen. 7.30 a.m. It's a little melancholy everywhere around. Oh, come on. We've got daylight out there. That's right. We've saved it. We saved it. We saved all of our days. We saved our light. Hey, good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK. My special guest this week is Paul Driscoll of Page 15. Paul, welcome. Oh, we're back. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're actually on the air now. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's, well, let's try. I'll do my best. So, Paul, you were a teacher. I like to think Lake I'm Highland. still a teacher. Well, that's, I mean, sorry. that's who I am. That's, you were, that's who I am. I'm an educator. You're I'm a an teacher. Educator. No matter okay. where I am, I sorry, think about I myself finish. as a teacher. You were a teacher at Lake Highland Prep. I was, yeah. And for a long so time. you did that for a long time. And then you ended up with Page 15 as the educational programs director. These are all true. Okay, great. I'm glad I got the These facts are accurate. right. These are I'm good, glad you're LinkedIn. Good research. LinkedIn is accurate. I always like that. So tell me a little bit about how you started teaching and okay. how you ended up over at page 15. Ooh. Okay. So I started teaching about 15, 16 years ago. I kind of, as I do with everything in my life, back my way into things, just try to follow my instincts and do what I think I want to do or I'm drawn to as much as possible. So you were 25, 26, somewhere around there? Yeah, somewhere around there. I was about, let's see, I started working in Seminole County uh, as a substitute somewhere around 23. Okay. And then I went, ended up working full-time teaching language arts at 25. And then I was uh, teaching a writing course that they let me have and develop for about 12 of those years. Right. Over at Lake Highland. So at Lake Highland, I did a writing workshop where kids came in and I just tried to break down and think of what a writing workshop actually would be. And so I just provide the tools and create an atmosphere that gets kids to be uh, creative, thoughtful, inspired by one another. And then 
try to stoke that fire, actually really just create a community, you know, of people that are interested in writing, that want to create, that want to help each other create, and then turn it on from there. And then as, I don't know if we talked about this off air, but just giving kids choice, you know, giving them an opportunity to have control over what they want to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously leads to motivation. That's really, as an educator, all I wanted was kids to be motivated. So just want your best. But to answer your question, why, how I got into education was mostly because I didn't, I didn't like school. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hated school. Uh, I won't say I hated it because I had a lot of good people in my life and took good care of me. But as far as school, academia, in high school, basically up until like 14th grade, I wasn't big into school. But then I realized that it was, uh, it was schooling that I didn't like, not learning, right? not thinking. Because I really was interested in like, you know, any conversations we're having off the air, just thinking about things, talking about things. I love, love, love learning and thinking and creating. But the way it was being delivered. Right. I didn't like schooling. Yeah. I wasn't big into schooling. And so um, I wanted to just be more creative and I wanted to create uh, more inspiring opportunities for kids, especially those kids. Because you got professional students, which are great. I love Mm -hmm. professional students because they're easy. They know what they want to accomplish in the class. They know they want to score a certain You know, they get their points, they get their grade, they move on to the next objective. But I'm mostly interested in the kids that aren't connecting with that, that are wildly creative, that have a lot of unrealized potential, that aren't enjoying success in the traditional academic setting. But if given the opportunity to have more influence, suddenly they embrace that and then they start creating stuff that they're passionate about. And so they kind of get away from schooling and move more toward creating or some genuine learning. So, so that's where I got to sort of that safe space, that encouragement yeah. without being overbearing, you know, yeah, we, really important really because important. we talk about it, you know, like piano lessons. I, if somebody, if, if I want to take advantage of, or if I want uh, my son or daughter to learn piano, they're going to take lessons and practice, practice, practice. But for something like creative writing, especially you can't just, Hey, sit down and be creative for a while, you know? Or can you? Well, you could, so you have to have that discipline, right? Like right. in anything, you have right. to be able to sit down and try it, even if you're not right. feeling it. Yeah. Um, I heard a story this weekend about Michael Palin from Monty Python. Right. And he Genius. was sitting down, absolutely. And he just wasn't, so basically they would get together every week when they were in their writing season mm-hmm. and go over their sketches. And usually he would have 13, 14, 15 sketches. That he'd collected over the off season? No, over the week. Over so the week, write, wow! And then they That's sat down prolific. as a team, cool, and go over them and figure out which ones they thought were best. How fun would that be? Oh my gosh, I would just at the read around one, at the Monty of, Python? Those, one yeah. of those meetings. I bet they threw out so much hilarious stuff. So he's like, he maybe has two or three. And he doesn't like any of them. So he says Thursday morning. It's due Friday. He says Thursday morning. I I, I am disciplined enough that I I know that I can sit down and I'll just do it. So he starts the stream of consciousness process where he's just writing whatever comes to his mind. And he's talking about a uh, uh, wife and a, and a man, a, a husband and wife are sitting down, the husband's eating breakfast, and the wife keeps asking him something, sort of interrupting his breakfast. And eventually he goes, well, I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. And then Palin just, the light goes off, and he starts going in that direction. So one of arguably the most famous comedy sketches ever right. just came out of him kind of, I trust myself to sit down yeah. and I'm disciplined enough to just start writing and something would come out. Right. That's it. Yeah. And Give so them the green light, right? Yeah. So to a certain extent, if you can, if you can get them from this time to this time every yeah. week or every day, 
Is that was just the key. Sit down and write. That's absolutely the key. And it's good that you brought up the piano because I've always believed in writing as a practice skill. Yeah, so my courses are never driven by content necessarily, but by reps. You know, how the quality of the repetitions and then just coaching. So I always thought of myself as coaching writing because mm -hmm. it's sort of existing, you know. Kids are creating language as best they can with the vocabulary that they, that they have, with the experience that they have. Um, and I'm just trying to push and encourage and challenge them in a way that helps their writing wherever it is to evolve and to grow. So again, goes back to choice. If they're writing about or regurgitating information about something that's not relevant to them or they don't connect with personally, then they're more just going through the motions schooling, you know? But if they're able to create something that they're passionate about, whether it be a serious issue that they want to talk about or something that's really important to them or, or they're just really gifted in terms of uh, humor and they want to make people laugh. And those are some of my favorite kids because they're usually the class clowns. And they usually struggle in other classes because, mm -hmm. you know, frankly, you know, they're bored. And so they get an opportunity to come into a class like mine where I'm actually celebrating these absurd things that they're creating and all this humor that they're writing and recognizing that as a genuine skill. Like it's, it's really hard to write funny, like good funny. And that's why I always challenge those kids and they would kind of embrace that. They want to be as funny as they can. Mm -hmm. So they care about their class clownness. You know, they want to work on that. So um, just go and meeting the kids where they are. And it's nothing that I do is ever, uh, is as simplified as it can be. I never want to make anything more complicated than right. it is. You know, writing's a process. It has always been a process. It always will be. It will never change. And then each individual, each one of us sort of operates in that process on our own or the, sort of in a unique way, mm -hmm. you know, it's all similar. We all kind of pre-write, think about what we want to write, create, it's just a creative process and then throw something out there and then a willingness to share it with people whose opinions you trust and respect and then be willing to kick the tires on it and go back and revise because that's really the craft is revising. So that's always the challenge right. with it's young the people. the editing part. It's getting kids to revisit their drafts. The younger they are, the less they want to do that. Right. Well, Which is fine. Because then it's more reps. So this is okay. Let's just write a fresh one. Right. Let's move okay, on to the so next one. I like one. that because the older I get, the less I want to revisit the younger stuff because, or the stuff that I've already written. Because I'm like, what was I, what I love am that I stuff. thinking? Yeah. Do you have a lot of that? I'm a pack rat. So oh, like, that's awesome. I am, I am very Spartan when it comes to stuff at my house and things of that nature. Right. But when it comes to documents, I've kept just about everything. Really? Yeah. For years and years because and years. Because eventually, obviously, someone's going to call for that. I don't know because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a halfway good idea. Maybe I'll do something with that someday. Oh, so this is going to be bad business ideas kind of stuff? Oh, Which well, we'll get to? We'll get to that. I know, I know. Yeah. So, okay, so let me ask you this. So that you, you so you developed I don't know course. that I even answered that question, which is fine. I think you did. Okay. So you developed uh, this way of kind of doing things at Lake Highland, so helping people, uh, helping the kids write. And so did you see, did you switch over to page 15 because you saw you could create more of an impact that way. You could help more kids and, and that sort of thing. This is a good question. I mean, there's a, it's really easy when you're in an environment like that. It's really easy to be comfortable because you're in uh, is a great school and a really great community. An unbelievable amount of talented teachers. So as an educator, you're, you know, surrounded by like ridiculously talented and creative teachers. So you're immersed in it and learning and borrowing and stealing from every one of your neighbors and mm -hmm. thinking, oh, that's a great idea. You're so amazing. And um, so you get really comfortable there. Motivated students, resources that you want. I think someone described it as the golden handcuffs, you know, so comfortable there. 
right. teaching this course that they gave me a lot of freedom, which you don't get a lot, you know, especially in, in, in the public school system. So a lot of freedom to create a writing curriculum that was student focused. And that's fun. That's really fun to get in there and teach young people and get them inspired to write and see what they create. You know, so you could be comfortable there. But I always had a nagging part of me that, you know, was somewhat motivated by being competitive and also a belief in uh, young people, all different kinds of young people. Because mm -hmm. I feel really strongly that if you give kids this opportunity, regardless of their aptitude, you know, some of them might be brilliant and wonderfully talented and are on their way to a Pulitzer Prize. Others struggle with the language. You know, it doesn't come to them as easily. But I believe that everyone can communicate successfully, you know, if given those opportunities. So I've always wanted to take some of the ideas that I was presenting and working on in one environment where you get a lot of motivated students and supportive parents and then try to move into other environments and create those opportunities for kids that probably would never have that opportunity. Because really what happened was I had a great class and, you know, uh, kids enjoyed it a lot mm -hmm. and they come back and, and celebrate it. And we always appreciate that. Um, but I always thought that the kids at the end of the day didn't necessarily need me, you know, because they had all these other great teachers, you know, so they, they could go through their whole career at this school and never have a bad teacher. And some of us were like, you know, isn't it, shouldn't you have a bad teacher like once? Just to give you Just to give you a little yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. But these yeah. kids have these great teachers <laughs> and great experiences. So if, even though I was proud of my class, I thought it was really valuable and important. And I think the kids did too. I knew that if I wasn't doing that, they'd probably be okay they'd have opportunities and they'd be creative and they'd find some of their legs in life and their voice. Right. But there's a whole bunch of other kids that aren't getting these opportunities, you. Yeah. you know? So part of it was that it's always in my mind. And then I started coming out to uh, do some audit work on some of the programs that page 15 was doing. And Julia Young, our executive director um, invited me out. My good friend, Giddy Kalsa is on the board and he kind of connected us. And so through the process of just trying to help support their programs that were existing and then our conversations with Julia, it became more and more clear that we probably should be working together on this, you know, because some of the experiences that I was having and some of the work or all the work that I was doing really dovetailed and fit perfectly into what she was trying to create and do kind of with page 15. Yeah. So just expanding the writing and creating more writing opportunities. And cause I, you can write about anything again, like my courses are never content driven. The content comes from the kids. You know, what, what's going on in your life? What are you thinking about? How do we turn this into creating something with language? So um, all those reasons and then the creative freedom, the opportunity to do different things, you know, the opportunity to help up, uh, other young aspiring educators and teachers, you know, so that's where I'm not, I don't teach as much. You used to do like five shows a day, you know, five days a week. That's a lot. And, but I don't teach as much as I used to, but I do have an opportunity to influence other teachers. So we get a lot of volunteers that come from different colleges in the area, um, give them opportunities to work with the kids and to do things like that. So that's been fun is to help other young people, aspiring educators, create opportunities for them. Um, but all those reasons and more, sort of, I took a risk and, and leaped over to this side of it. Doing that for almost three years now, right? Yeah, thanks for reminding me. It's yeah. been a little while. It feels not like that long, but yeah, it's been... Oh, it's, it's probably gone up. by pretty quick. Yeah, it's crazy, because we stay busy. <laughs> we do. We stay really busy. Um, so we're, I'm always in the moment, so I don't think too much in the past or in the future, but it's been a good run. And, and it, it, what's been really exciting is, you know, you always have doubt and you're uncertain because I'm dealing with a certain population when I was over at the old, the ivory towers. And then I'm moving into different populations and the, the reward of 
or the fear of, is this even going to work? Because I mean, there's people that have a lot of doubt in some of the things I do, even though for me, it's obvious, simple. Mm -hmm. There's a process. Let's practice it as much as we can. And through that practice and through genuine effort, we're going to maximize our time together. Very simple, you know? Well, I think that, so when you think there are people or you see people out there that are kind of doubting what you're doing and what you're delivering is valuable, is it a lot because of, you know, well, how does this translate for them getting a job or how does this translate to that professional development of these kids? And they're seeing creative writing and they're thinking, no, 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 you know, how do, they need to go, we need to have technical schools and technical things and helping them out that way. Yeah. Is that part of it? I don't know what their motivation is. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think too deep into what they're, cause I, cause you can barely, talk I can, to them, I feel so strongly cause I've seen it. I've taught, I don't know how many kids, but well over 2000 young people. Right. And, and through these processes. So through a variety of types of writing, uh, a big free write fan. I love to just turn it on and get people, kids flowing, you know, and middle school free writing is amazing to read. I, I should have brought some material cause they're great. Like the, the musings of middle school boys are hilarious. They're only about a few things, but they really, they kind of rotate between food and like usually girls and then like some sort of passion they have for like paintballing or fishing or sports. Right. And it just cycles through that over and over and over again. <laughs> but it evolves over time because they're just coming. And that's what's cool about that age is uh, when you're coming of age, they're burning. I mean, so intensely in everything. Everything's on the surface. Everything's super hot and on fire. It's a great time to inspire and get kids to create stuff. So that middle school brain is incredible. It's fun. And it's influential at that time. So I, I do miss the middle school stuff where I was just teaching an eighth grade class yeah, yeah, and yeah. meeting with them all the time. Yeah. I miss that a little bit. All right. So we're going to get back to page 15. We're going to talk about some of the specific programs in the next hour. Okay. We've got some bad business ideas coming up. Awesome. Which I think you're excited for. So we're going to play another song for, you know, the election tomorrow. And actually you can hear this entire, tomorrow. I think so. I'm Canadian, so I'm not really sure. Oh, that's right. You're disconnected. But you are welcome to go to the website to a certain degree.com and see more about Paul on page 15, but also listen to the entire playlist from today. Again, it's all inspired by the election, but it has nothing to do with actually, you know, election music. So right now, to inspire you, because I think come Wednesday, we'll be fine. Paul, we're we'll going to be, be fine okay. on we'll Wednesday. Be okay. I'm looking forward to Wednesday, actually, a lot. I'm going to play some Queen right now, doing all right. On Everybody WPRK. move on. Just move on. They Might Be Giants on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was an election song. That was about James K. Polk, who was one of your presidents at some point. And before that, we heard from Queen, doing all right. Because we are. We're doing all right. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, we'll be We're going to be okay. It's going to be over. That's it. Vote. Make sure you vote. Yep. But then well, I can't. move on. Well, don't, I can't. you can, but you can support someone who is going to vote. Yes. Does your I family vote? Help you out as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. So you, okay. I don't really keep up on those sorts of things. You don't I'm ask? Canadian. Right. So you're more concerned with Canadian politics. Uh, Very much so, which is pretty easy. You either vote yeah. for the moose or the polar bear. Moose or polar bear. Yeah. And you guys have got that handsome prime minister. That oh, he's so about. handsome. Is he awesome? He's so handsome. Yeah, he's great. We've kind of got dueling leaders here in America and in Canada with their handsomeness. Yes. Kind of hip, handsome guys. Yeah. Things are going to be dramatically different. Incredibly different. Okay. That's all I know. Starting no matter what in happens, January. Yeah. Everything's going to be different. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is To A Certain Degree. We do this every Monday from 7 to 9. So our show is regrettably half over because I'm having a lot of fun with this week's guest, Thank Paul you. Driscoll from Page 15. If you want to learn more about Page 15, we're going to talk a little bit about it, but definitely go check out page15.org. 
Great website. They yeah. worked hard on that. It looks good. The Everything that you guys do as far as your programs go, how to volunteer. Yep. If you can't volunteer, it's a great organization. You should l definitely look into that as an option if you're thinking about volunteering. There's also ways to get involved if you just want to sponsor somebody and do a scholarship for a student to go to some of the classes there. So we're going to get into that. Okay. But first, at the beginning of the 8 o'clock hour, Paul, we always do bad business ideas. Bad business ideas. Let's do it. So this is like Shark Tank. You're going to have to choose okay. one of these. So there's two ideas. Okay, two ideas. I choose one that I think is the most... Is the most viable the because most viable. by okay. being on the show, and I can't remember if I told you this, but mm -hmm. I think it's implied, Okay. you have to run with this idea. Okay. So, so I'm the... I'm the investor. You, you're not only the investor, you're the CEO. Okay. Like you're doing everything. Wow. You're wearing the pants okay. in this business family. Basically. So it's an important decision. It's pretty important. One of you. these two. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. So Paul. Nick, go ahead. May I call you Paul? You can. Okay. If I were to ask you what the most famous restaurant chain of all time is, what would you say? Oh my goodness. Most famous restaurant. And that's all. Chain. Yeah. Chain. Yeah. Instinctually, I'd go with McDonald's. Right. Okay. But how about celebrity restaurant chain? Ooh. Not Kenny Rogers Steakhouse. Roasters. Kenny Rogers Roasters. Roasters. Thank I'm you. sorry. I was thinking Don Shula's no. Steakhouse. No, 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 no. Kenny Rogers Roasters. That's where I was going with it. Wahlburgers isn't relatively new, so that can't be it. No, no. Well, no. It's Kenny Rogers Roasters. Stop guessing. Oh, it's not. You're right. Okay, to Kenny Rogers. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what I was going for. Wait, so and that was the first one I said? Yeah. That's weird. That's nice. All right, Roasters. Let's so, do it. So, now, Kenny Rogers Roasters mm -hmm. failed. They closed or up did shop. They? They're done. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, did they? They closed up in the United States. They're actually big in uh, South Asia. Really? Yeah, huge. As a chain, they're doing really well. But what was the problem here in America? Because you're not successful unless you're successful in America. Right, 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 right. So, what do you think the problem capitalism. was? The problem, uh, right? Relevancy. Relevancy. It's got no variety in the food. It's okay. roasted chicken, or in the celebrity. It's always Kenny Rogers. It wasn't. Right. They didn't switch him out. No, you needed that fresh face. Exactly. Okay. So, what I propose to use a chain concept like no other okay. that does take the best element of Kenny Rogers Roasters, the musician spokesperson. Right. Maybe alive, maybe dead, doesn't matter. Because who knows food better than musicians? True. Nobody. Inarguable. That's true. But we don't put their name on it. While we admire celebrities and we want to be celebrities, and they are better than us. True. I mean, for Clearly. any number of reasons. It obviously didn't help Kenny Rogers Roasters. No. So we're not strange. going to put his name. And because I know you love a good pun, we actually base it on song names. Now you're asking yourself, that sounds great, Nick, but you promised me something innovative. So far, I've heard nothing new. You're just doing the same thing. Same old, same old roasters. Maybe you feel like you should leave, but no, sit back down, Paul. All right. Because I don't want you falling over once you hear this part. Ready. Every three months, the name of the chain company, the overarching right. umbrella organization, Vane Chain, trademark, changes its offerings, names, interiors completely. And the names of the restaurants are song titles and lyrics. So every three months... We just rip everything out, the chairs, the the everything. So the every quarter. Part, we just rip change it, all it out. completely. Okay, so here's the tentative order that I have so far. Okay. All right. Corn to run. We start off with corn to run. <laughs> so it's corn dog theme. I like it. We switch over to I want to hold Jersey your ham. Jersey Shore, too. That works yeah, on so yeah, many yeah, yeah. levels. I want to hold your ham, which is sandwich, right, right, maybe right, honey right. ham. I'm not sure. Might yet. be hard to get the Beatles behind that. Uh, we don't have to. We don't? Because we changed the name. 
Oh, really? You yeah, you can't trademark a song title. America's the best. Excuse no me. Offense. Well, so next up would be a dessert place called Excuse Me While I Kiss This Pie. Mm, so back this to pie. Purple high. This purple If it's haze. a choice, I'm already choosing that one. Yeah, yeah. So then we maybe it's a specialized produce like organic, like a pear. Oh, instead of like a like pear. A pear. Yeah. Madonna. A uh, sweet box of wine would be the wine bar. Ba -ba and then we could do a holiday wine bar if we really wanted to is YMC Beaujolais. YMC Beaujolais. If you liked it, you should have put Buffalo Wings on it, which would be the Buffalo Wings place. What, so again, what song every is that? Three, uh, that's Beyonce. Oh, uh, so right. Again, Queen relevancy, relevancy, all that stuff. That was embarrassing. Uh, so this may only work in the Midwest. Pop in the name of love. Because that's what mm -hmm. they call soda up mm -hmm. there. It could be a soda yeah, fountain, yeah, something like that. And then... So they could do regional, possibly. Yeah, yeah, Regional yeah. turnovers. Every three months. This flexibility, I think, is the key to the whole thing. Right. Right. It seems expensive at first, like right. taking all your stuff... More expensive than shutting it down? No. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. Stay relevant. Yeah. Okay. I'm with and you. And then Dancing Bean would be, instead of Dancing Queen, would be uh, the coffee shop. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, okay, so let's role play for a minute. Because I think that's always good to do a little role play because that might illustrate. I'm going to hold on to Kenny Rogers just a little bit because it's close to my heart. And so I'm going to I'm gonna see if we can fit him back in somehow. What if we revived a Kenny Rogers Roasters? The, like okay. a throwback. Maybe during took, homecoming season or something like that. What if he took one of his songs? What if we just made... What, what, one of his songs was Six Pack, right? Or that was a movie. Ooh, do you remember that movie? That he did? It was so good. So it could just be like a drive through liquor store. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a really that's good, good classic. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of the song that went with that because I only know, obviously, the, the poker song. Yeah, we're going to have to... We'll do some research okay. on that All one. Right. But yeah, we'll get so, back to it. Bad business ideas. Let's stay on. Okay, so role play for a minute. You're a junior executive at a big agency named Stan Skylark, and I'm your boss's boss. I'm not your boss. I'm your boss's boss. Okay, one, once removed. Stan Skylark. That's Stan you. Skylark. I'm your boss's boss, Chester Sparrow. Mr. You're Sparrow. planning, because this is this is the kind of guy that Stan Skylark is, you're planning a subtle coup on your boss, Fitzy McRobin. Okay. And you need Chester on your side. So right. first you're going to ask me, you ask me to lunch, because you're going to start broaching the topic. See if I'm, okay. you know. Chester Sparrow's on board for Stan Skylark's little schemes. Okay, okay. So first, ask me to a regular chain. So I'm asking Mr. Sparrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To a regular chain Just like a McDonald's? Yeah, like, well, I, I mean, pretend you're in the business world. I know you're an educator. Yeah, so I'm really having to stretch myself here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. maybe not a McDonald's. Right. Maybe something that, yeah, that might not be. So I have to, I have to choose one. Yeah, so go ahead. Okay, so I'm inviting Mr. Sparrow. Mr. Sparrow. And I'm saying, excuse me, Mr. Sparrow. Hey, Stan, how's it going? Great. How are you, sir? Great, great. What can I do for you? I was curious if you would like to have lunch with me sometime this week. I've got some great ideas for you. Oh, that would be great. Where would you like to go? I would like to not go to Kenny Rogers Roasters, but I would like to go to Sweet Tomatoes. Huh, sweet tomatoes, huh? Yeah, it's a salad bar chain. That sounds awful. I'm out. And by the way, I'm going to talk to your boss. So see, and scene. <sighs> see, that didn't go well. Now no, ask me, bad. let's do the same thing again, but ask me to go to Corn to Run. Okay. 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 I'll try. Hey, Stan. Mi hey, Mr. On? Sparrow. Great to see you, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? I was hoping maybe we could get lunch and, uh, you know... Talk about some ideas that I have. You know, I've heard you're an up-and-comer, and so that sounds fantastic. Where would you like to go? There's a great new place over on Orange called... Oh, I like new places. Corn to Run. Oh, my gosh. I love puns. Uh, Stan, 
I think you're in line for that promotion. I love it. Corn dogs are my thing. And scene. See? Okay. It goes really yeah, well. That works a lot so better. So I, I like to do that because yeah. I feel like if you're going to invest in the company, then you want to... I want to sell it. I want to feel yeah, it. You yeah, you want to feel That's it. Great. That's great. That was exciting, idea. actually. That <laughs> was like, a good idea. Yeah, you want to role play some... I can... Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> do you have costumes? I, I feel like I'm you always You should get a little costume. box of costumes over there. We could have okay. a lot of fun with this. Stan Skylark. Does Stan wear... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting into the characters now. We're developing them. Okay, second idea. So that's okay. idea one. All right. Am Main I still chain. Mr. Skylark? No, no, no. You're okay, back okay. to being Paul. Back to me. Okay. As far as I know. Gotcha. Uh, so let's talk about another type of celebrity for a second. The supervillain. What do supervillains have a ton of usually? Supervillains have a ton of anger. Right. Vision. Merge right. that with something near and dear to your heart, which is writers. Mm -hmm. And what do writers have a ton of? Vision. Right. Incredible and crippling insecurities. Right. Yeah. So it's an invariable problem for all writers, right? Good idea, mm -hmm. good characters, mm -hmm. good dialogue, but maybe you get stuck on a word or a right. phrase and just You're uh, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Artists have palettes of millions of colors. Mm hmm but writers only have so many new ways or so many ways to say something new okay. or a new way to say okay. new. Like there's only right, so many right. ways to say new. So you're stuck on a project, you go to the thesaurus, you go to the internet, mm -hmm. you start going down these rabbit holes. You, days later now, you've right. been watching YouTube videos. You look at cliches, but they're literally cliches. Mm -hmm. How do you come up with something that really grabs people? That's where this new concept comes okay. in. Okay. So the name of the organization is Time Traveling Organization for Responsible Phrase Origination and Reinforcement, or TORPER. TORPER? Yep. Okay. Whether it's science fiction or science fact, sooner or later we'll be able to travel through time. Okay. Right? As far as I know. You need a phrase for your book that hasn't been used a million times. You need a word to describe an, an incredibly complicated series of emotions and you're tired of you using German. Like mm -hmm. Schadenfreude. How many times can we? Yeah. How many times can we use that? Maybe you've got a terrible board and words with friends, and you want to make up a new word so you can beat your friend. There's always bragging about getting that promotion. They should have been yours, but you left to take that other job on her advice. In fact, her prodding, and now your only outlet for all that anger is beating her at words with friends. I mean, maybe you're in that situation. So we go back in time. You you pay us somehow. I'm not mm -hmm. sure how mm -hmm. exactly it works, and we insert the phrase that you want to use. Into the, in the vernacular? Past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Or a new word, new way to say things. This sounds exclusive, though. No, no. We can... So, listen, you're going to have to do all the research and development. Yeah, and we're we're doing this work. for a lot of people, and we're putting a lot of a lot fresh of words and phrases yeah. in there. So, we're dramatically changing the present. Yeah. Yeah, but you won't even know it. So, all of a sudden, we'll be saying garple gook. Right. And we won't even know that it was never a word. No, it was just accepted as... It was just... Right. Well, it's always been garble. Everyone says garble good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cliche. Yeah. Am I supposed to invest in this idea? So this is the second idea. So the, the tagline for mm -hmm. Torper, mm -hmm. uh, Torper is, we write uh -huh. past wrongs. Oh, man. Right? I like what you did there. Sometimes I we just... We write. Sometimes I start with the tagline, yeah. and then I try yeah. to work my way back That's into the way I do most of my stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to have first. a tagline. Because if you don't have a tagline, you don't have anything. Right. So your choices are Vein Chain, so the series of restaurants that changes every three months that uh -huh. is celebrity-related, uh -huh. or Torper, Torper, which you can time travel and insert words for other people <sighs> or yourself. These are my two choices? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's actually a really tough one. Torpor sounds like something that we should do, like we need to do. 
You would think so. I mean, it sounds like a government initiative almost like. Yeah, we'll keep it privatized. Though. Okay. Yeah. Cause they, to make it more profitable. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. There might be other ways to profit off now of time travel. you're thinking like an American. I like But this. I couldn't think of anything There's else that you could do <laughs> yeah. I imagine you travel. could do some stuff with time travel that would. Yeah. Help. If you come up, here's the thing. <laughs> you're going to be in charge of this organization. So step one right, right. is developing time travel. Right. Right. Step oh, so two. Oh, so I'm from the ground up. I'm not uh, as, walking into anything that's established. As far as I okay. know, time okay. travel right. has not been created okay. yet. As far as you know. As far as I know. Right. But again, whether it's science fiction or science fact, uh -huh. it's inevitable. It's true. That's yeah. true. Just like everything else. It's almost hurting my brain a little bit. You ever start really thinking about time travel? And oh, then yeah. I'm thinking about who was that guy that just came in here and where did he come from? Right. The future. Or is it just a guy? Or is he just present day guy doing his job? Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. yeah but yeah. you just don't know. Uh, it's probably present day guy. All right. Most likely. Right. Okay. But now you I just see why know. your brain hurts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you keep doing All right. That. Because of that, because of that factor and the brain pain, I'm probably going to go with something like the restaurant chain. Okay. Kenny Rogers Roasters slash Miley yeah, Cyrus. Yeah. Somethings. Okay. I think that's great. Because I, I think, think we'll, that's someone we should get on board. We got a contract that you need to sign, and then we'll go from there. Let's play a song while we're doing that. Uh, again, this is inspired by the election coming up tomorrow. You're listening to a certain degree. This is Paul Simon, born at the right uh, time. Oh, you got me. On WPRK. Paul Simon. Winter Park, Florida. Paul Simon on WPRK. So good, so good. Whoa, what happened? Oh, okay. I went dead. I went dead, too. Are we all dead? Are we Are we here? Are we on? We're probably... Can you hear we're probably me alive out now. We're back. Yes. But we were probably live. Yeah. Well, people were hearing that. Yeah. We went silent, but they remained. Wow. Yeah. Time hey, traveling. good morning. My name is Nick. This is To a Certain Degree on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was Paul Simon, born at the right time. from Originally from Rhythm of the Saints. Which right. It's a great album. Fantastic. We were just talking about it. And that was, was that a live Central version. Park? Uh, it might have been live at Central yeah. Park. Yeah. Good crowd. Yeah. Very good crowd. Such a good song. Uh, this is a show called To a Certain Degree. I often say you're listening to a certain degree, and that's true. I think yeah. people listen <laughs> at different degrees, but that's the name of the show, and I have a special guest every week. Uh, this week's guest, Paul Driscoll from Page 15. Paul, thanks for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So the way I met you was from a summer camp that my son Miller was doing a few years back, and he enjoyed it immensely in terms of what he did and his interactions with you. And so I wanted you to come on and talk a little bit about the things that you guys are doing over at Page 15, because there's a lot. We do. We do a lot of different things. I'm curious how you guys keep it straight, because it's small staff. Okay. And there's a lot of things going on, a lot of people you're probably interacting with, trying yep. to remote these things and true. all of that. So nice job on that. But yeah, let's talk a, a, few, a little about the program. So you, 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 know, you have a lot of stuff going on in terms of... The writing contest, there's obviously the camp that's still going on. Mm -hmm. You're going into your 10th year on that? Yeah, next year, 10th. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, and then there's some new workshops that you're doing, too. So where do we start? Let's. You want to talk about the writing contest? I can talk about whatever you want. The Let's, writing contest is sort of current. Let's do that. Okay. It's uh, We do an annual anthology of high school writing. And uh, what we do is we create a prompt, some sort of theme. Um, we've done anything from dystopian stories about the aftermath of Orlando. We've done um, an anti-hero style where they developed characters that had those qualities of an anti-hero. Um, we just recently did poetry for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what we do is we send the prompt out to all of 
at least all of Orange County schools and all the schools around Central Florida and uh, encourage kids to submit. And then they submit all their work and we collect it. And then we as a group, as a team, evaluate it, make some decisions about which 15, because that's obviously our number, page 15. So we pick the 15 that we think we need to publish are the best and demonstrate a variety of kids from throughout Central Florida. And then we publish those um, in a really fantastic book, really professional. I should have brought one, I'm sorry. Um, and then uh, we pair them up with illustrators and an illustrator will design um, an illustration that goes along with the story or the poem and we'll publish those all together. And then at the end, when we have the, finally get the books published, we'll have a release party mm -hmm. and reading. And so we'll set it up real nice, real nice professional reading. We'll do it at an art gallery or a theater of some kind. And we'll invite and celebrate all the teachers that contributed to that success and the families and the friends and obviously the artists. And they'll come out and do a reading and we'll celebrate the art and their creations. And then we'll send them off with their books and put those books in the community as best we can. Send them off to the school libraries and to the principals. And then they're available at bookstores like Book Market over there on Corrine. You should check it out. Good people there. Yep. And um, so that's what we do with the uh, anthology. It's a high school group, which is fun because we work with a lot of young kids throughout. So you get those kids that are aspiring so writers, young adults. Young adults are just fun. Does that serve as a fundraiser for the group? Uh, no. No, no. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, it generates interest. And it does probably generate some funds for us, but not directly. We don't necessarily make look to make uh, a ton of money off of those. Right. Really, right. we're about getting the word out about the kids and their work. So we, we don't want to. So uh, you're investing in that. I guess yeah, that we're was investing the point I was in that. Yeah, yeah. We're not that. looking to generate too much money off of that. We're just looking to uh, obviously promote Page Fifteen as an organization, and then most importantly for us is to celebrate and promote those writers who are creating great content for us. We'll give so. them an opportunity to get something published because that mm -hmm. might inspire them and encourage them to go out and try more things in terms of writing and you know, taking a chance, right? Because right. nobody likes to feel like they're being judged. True. Um, nobody, you know, a lot of times what stops me personally from doing things, and I know this was true as a kid too, was, well, I might get rejected. Right, and that's big in writing. Yeah. That's uh, kind of like what you do as a writer is deal with rejection. Is a lot of that. Right, right. And, you know, dating and everything else. So right. it's good it practice. That's <laughs> true. If you're a writer, you can handle most anything. Because right. certainly you've been rejected if you're a writer. And, uh, you sort of deal with like, uh, I had a, a teacher talk about how you, you, you have like levels of rejection. Mm -hmm. So like you can just be flat out rejected. We're not interested, but then you can be rejected where they'll say something like, we're not really interested in this piece, but send us more. And it's almost like a win. You didn't get accepted, yeah. For but that. they're interested a little bit in more. And so Maybe that's almost like a win. Yeah. So as uh, writers have to deal with this all the time, I know you know, we have a sister program at Urban Think Foundation called Borough Press, and um, they're a fantastic press, and, and they definitely need support from the community because we have, uh, I think, like five publishers in the United States right now. That's all we have left, you know, as, as all oh, these things merge, all you know, so they make yeah. all the decisions and influence. And it's sort of really, it hurts our culture, you know. We have regions and cultures, you know, as, as music fans, you just think about, like, music that's coming out of the South or your music that's coming out of New Orleans or Chicago or music that's coming from the West Coast. There's, like, a cultural aspect to that. You know, I always think when people introduce me to music or bands, I'm like, well, where are they from? Because I'm interested in where this, what scene they, they came start, up yeah. out of. And, uh, you know, literature sort of losing that because we're getting sort of just a handful of publishers that are thinking about big returns, kind of like going back to the superhero movies. 
you know, they're looking to make some money. It's about making a profit, not mm-hmm. necessarily celebrating or promoting art. And, oh, gosh, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, no. profit. I'm sorry to bring that up. But um, <laughs> Ryan Rebus, who is the publisher over there, he spent a number of years working really hard on creating a legitimate independent press that uh, tries to promote and celebrate um, authors that are of Florida and about Florida. And, so uh, what would you say the Florida scene is? What's the what's one of the defining factors or some of the defining factors of Florida writers? You know, the one that comes to mind to me is Carl Hyacin, of course. Right, right. Um, That's one. You know, oh, we, man, I don't know if I want to. I feel like we should have Ryan call in on this. But he does. I don't, is he still doing a radio yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on Thursday mornings at oh, 9. Oh, okay. Thursday mornings at 9, functionally so literate radio. Maybe we'll, we can uh, tweet him after the show and tell him this is what he needs to talk about because we were curious about it. Yeah, we were plugging you to, him. You have to answer our <laughs> questions specifically. Well, let's get, so that's a good question for a future show maybe, but let's get back to page 15. Oh, okay, sure. So that's the fifth annual writing contest. You work with the high school students. Yep. Uh, that's fantastic. This year's all about love, by the way. All about love. Yeah, from Orlando with love. And we're accepting oh, essays. Oh, that's cool. Well, you know, it came out of the, uh, obviously, we've had a difficult year in Orlando yep. um, it's, you know, with the Pulse tragedy and, and also a triumphant year in that uh, the community really rallied came together, and came together. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that's, it's really important and interesting. And it'd be really interesting to hear a high school students or a number of high school students. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. That, I try yeah. not to put that in there too much in the prompt, but, you know, I'm trying to draw that out, obviously, because, you know, it happened in the summer and we were doing a lot of writing camps and even the young kids, you know, third and fourth grade, you know, had some insight into wanting to be supportive of our community. Yeah. They didn't necessarily know what the, what was going on, but like they were like, you know, doing rainbows on the windows and stuff. Cause we let them write on the windows down there in downtown and writing Orlando strong hashtags and just, you know, being part of the community. And then as they got older, they were more and more deliberate about the quotes and stuff they wanted to put out for the community and giving that support. So that was a, uh, really interesting part of the tragedy and something I always uh, lean on is how triumphant I thought the community had mm-hmm. been, which is uh, inspiring and pretty cool for Orlando because Orlando is a really hard place to explain to people, you know, nearly impossible. Yeah, nearly yeah. impossible because they just assume we live on Main Street, USA, and that we're all connected to Disney. And really, it's just such a vibrant community and so many mm-hmm. different interesting people and creative people. So that's another thing we do at Page 15 and at Urban Think is try to... Uh, celebrate those aspects of central florida and orlando is it's a really vibrant creative community so oh i'm glad you're doing that am i off this question i'm i'm exhausted okay. just okay. by doing this radio yeah. show <laughs> so you do it 24 7 uh, let's talk about the writer's camp so you just okay. mentioned it what you guys did a little bit last year so 10th annual coming up is it bigger and better than ever or? it is it's much bigger yeah it's I don't know how much better it is, but it's much bigger for sure. Um, this is a pretty well-established program. It's one we're most proud of, and it's the most well-established. So um, I, I haven't had to add too much to that um, from my education background. It's just helping us to manage group dynamics and that sort of thing. But it's primarily just a, a writing workshop where in one week we create a story and publish a book and bind it and do a cover and do an author's photo and an author's bio. And at the end of the week, we always love to do the oral part is uh, a reading and the families come in and hear it Mm -hmm. and uh, we celebrate them as much as we can. And they leave here with a one of a kind first and only edition of their very own book. And that's a timeless little capsule of them because, you know, you can only write from that from that point of view once in your life. You're only going to be that summer of fourth grade one time. And so as you move through life, obviously your point of view changes and your vocabulary changes, your interests change. So you kind of have captured that in a really unique way because um, you know, your voice is who you are, which is a lot different than, you know, the, the photographs that you have is what you looked like and where you were and who you were with. And those are really cool and valuable. 
But like what you were thinking and creating is so much of who you are at that time. And you can only do that once. And it's such a cool archive. That's why I always encourage my kids to hold on to their stuff, you know, their portfolios. Because they'll be embarrassed by it like in six months. Oh, yeah. But in like six years and 60 years, it'll just be this little priceless thing of like, why was I thinking about that? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm embarrassed by what I wrote six months ago now. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. usually embarrassed by what I write immediately. That's why they're editors, <laughs> especially in this business, because, you know, I'm not really, I'm sort of a creative speller. And um, so I need an editor or I would lose my job. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So is there, are, are there themes like week to week and camp we try to, camp? to stick to a theme. We try to stick to a theme, but again, I don't like to over influence kids stuff. Right. They come with ideas sometimes. Sometimes, you know, they come with stuff they're writing already. You know, oh, nice. Miller shows up with stuff that he's writing. Yeah. 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 Usually he continued a story you wrote. Yep. Which was cool. How'd that turn out for you? Uh, it was really good. It was sweet you know? though. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. 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 It was, yeah, very it was really cool. cool. Yeah. It was really cool. He'd probably go back and revise that now. Uh, probably should it'd be yeah. fun to do like a, a continuous back and forth. Yeah. So we do have that, themes yeah. to answer your question. This year we did some sort of sci-fi and we throw that out there in the beginning to sort of give them a guide, especially, you know, some kids need a foothold and they want to just, they're not sure what to do and you just Starting need to out, give them yeah. enough pieces that they're like, Oh, okay. Other kids, they know exactly what they want to do. And so I never want to squelch that. But yeah, we do try to come up with a theme, whether it be pirates or Florida adventure or let's say we did uh, sci-fi this year. And, um, yeah, so we connect it loosely to a theme, but we also let the kids go. Cause it's creative. We don't want to control that too much. They've been in school all, all oh, fall yeah. and spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still, so just keep your voice low. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 just for this part. Okay. So they're still learning, though, in the camp, right? <sighs> yeah. You don't think they're listening, do you? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because that's the trick, is yeah. that, yeah, yeah, they're learning. So that when I when I used <laughs> to do free writing and get... Because kids, I, I don't really care what you write about. Honestly, I just want that stream of conscious. So I, I, I just want them to move brain language, what they're thinking, into their written language or, you know, word process language. And, like, I didn't care what they wrote. And so they would write whatever they wanted, like, literally whatever they wanted. And, like, sometimes they would not be happy about it or they wouldn't be happy with me. And, like, you don't know how many pages of stuff I have of, like, just this middle school, obviously. Middle school angst is awesome. And just littered not with... for people in middle school. No, no, it's yeah. terrible. It's for really, us, it's yeah. funny. And middle school parents, I apologize, it's not great for you either. But as a semi-outside observer and educator, it's interesting because I know they're going to get through it. You know, they're going to be really mad at me one day because I, you know, for whatever reason, and they're going to be like dropping F-bombs on their thing and, mm -hmm. you know, ranting about, you know, how terrible it is that I marked them tardy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they get over it and they just litter it with F-bombs. And it, it, it hurts a little bit, a little bit. But really, I got them thinking of writing and creating no matter what. So even though they're not, they're not frustrated with it and they're writing about how they hate it or they hate me, they're actually writing and creating. And so I already got them because they're able to express their point of view in an honest way. And then what happens inevitably, if you're able to keep them doing it, and this is good for parents out there, you can stay out of it and just let them create and do their thing because they're just evolving. You know? So what they wrote yesterday is, could be irrelevant at this point. It could have been the most important thing in the world. Probably was 24 hours ago. But now they've totally moved on to something different, you know. So all those repetitions are, are really what adds up. And then eventually they'll start writing and you'll see in their writing one day they'll say something like a long line, especially if they re resist it, is they'll say something like, this isn't that bad. And that's when I know I've got them. Because they're kind of like, oh, I'm listening to myself. I'm, I'm talking to myself. Mm -hmm. And I have an audience and I'm able to express this in a way that's safe. And no one's going to evaluate or judge me based on it. I'm just able to be myself and use my language however I want.
And uh, there's a lot of freedom in that. And then once they experience that, they realize that it's really themselves that they're celebrating with their writing and their right. creation. That's who they are in their mind. And now we're giving them permission to go out and walk around and express that and put that out there. And in academia and traditional schooling, you don't get those chances. You're usually being told, there's a lot of great teachers out there doing great work. So I'm always hesitant to be like, you're kind of being told what to say and how mm -hmm. to think and what, what the content is. And they're steering you, steering you, steering you. But when you turn the keys over and you're like, go for it. And you support that, you know, we, we crash a lot and we, sure. you know, it goes, it goes down in flames plenty of times, but that's as much and it's an important experience as any of it. Like I love when a kid will be working a draft and it'll crash land and we'll just come to an agreement. How's this working? And we'll talk it out and we'll see yeah. if we can fix it. And then sometimes and not, we'll just be like, yeah, let's move on. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm done with this. And that's so, that's so liberating because you can bang on a piece and bang on a piece. And like, there's so much learning that goes into just saying, oh yeah, this isn't working. Right. Oh, great. Let's move on then. Well, because like anything else, if you're not practicing, if you right. just stay with that one piece over and over again, you're not learning anything new. Not usually, especially the perfectionist tendencies Like you're trying. It's so funny that the dueling thing in my mind, because there's part of me that is loyal to, you know, my language arts colleagues mm -hmm. and loyal to uh, writing well and having sh good mechanics and usage and grammar. Sure, but then sure, there's sure. also just the the movement of it, just making it happen, you know? And so once you move past that fear and worrying about it being right or measuring it and that critic in your mind, is this good? How will it be received? And you just start doing it. Right. Great things start happening. Well, especially when you realize that language is evolving, you can't stop language right. from evolving. No, 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 no. Um, we're not in control. And that's what I always thought as an educator is yeah. I'm not the master or keeper of all language. Right. That's not me. I'm here to support. And you, actually you guys are the future of language. You're going to be creating the going back in time and creating these cliches that we'll be using in the future, you know? So yeah. I'm not the master or creator of it. I don't even have necessarily the greatest command of it. I love it and celebrate it and encourage us investing and thinking about it, but I'm, I'm not in control of it. I always have somebody on the side that's helping me with my stuff. It's like, does this make sense? Or I read it out loud and um, I'm grateful for that. And that's a big thing for the kids is just don't be afraid to do it. And then if you were doing something for the public domain or for an educator or for a grade, have someone look at it and tell you what you think. You know, it's not that complicated. I love to demystify writing because it's not as hard as it seems. Now, if you were a math teacher with that attitude, that might be a problem in terms of, you know, not really mastering it. And you're in control of math, you kids out there. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, Actually, that, that would be, be fun for about a week. You're in control of math, kids. Kids, you're in control of no, math. No, no, that's... Well, they do math different now. You know that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't want to get into that now, either, but I, I didn't realize that it was possible. So anyway, that's happening. So okay. I can't help my son with math and he's only in the third grade. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm doing my best as a parent though. Nice. Yeah. One more thing. And then we're going to take a break, play a song. Uh, there's a therapeutic writing workshop. What's that all about? Do you know how to spell that? I, I really just figured out how to spell therapeutic. And so even just to say it's hard, but the therapeutic writing is something I stumbled into uh, doing free writing with young people. Yep. And obviously they're always in turmoil and conflict and for real reasons and imagined reasons. But having taught so many years and so many kids in that style, uh, I started to find the value of writing as therapy. And this is, there's a lot of research to support this. This isn't new science and I didn't discover anything. I just saw the benefits of it and encourage that. And so kids dealing with grief, you know, loss in their own family, maybe they're going through divorce. Um, we as a community in one of our schools lost students, you know, to cancer and to uh, other tragedies and, and 
colleagues of mine, you know, and those things happen in communities, but it was incredible how valuable just the writing process was for growth and healing. You know, it's not, it doesn't solve your problems, but it, it definitely aids in helping you move past them, uh, put it into context and something that you can manage. And we actually had a, the privilege to uh, go over and work with the mayor's senior staff, all the people that responded to the Pulse tragedy who were right there on the morning of, you know, on the front lines um, at the call center and dealing with all the families coming in and, and, and uh, trying to help support them and give them answers. And then all the way through weeks after, you know, all the support and all the stuff that went into it. And uh, we, we did a little workshop with them. It was really amazing um, the experiences that they had and, and how much trauma impacts you over a long period of time. So post-traumatic stress is uh, not just limited to soldiers and people on the battlefield, but anybody who experiences trauma and stress like that, especially the duration. Um, one of the young ladies um, was a translator. And you think about a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking families yeah. and her having to hear the stories and then and translate, translate the stories yeah. and then back and forth, all that. And so I was talking to her about how I was like, you've heard these stories probably more than anyone, and then recreated these stories in this really heightened sense. So, you know, the brain science is interesting there. The amygdala, the prehistoric brain is all fired up and trying to make sure you're safe, you know, and it stays fired up. And so what happens in post-traumatic stress is you end up, um, that stays kind of activated. And so it, it starts to impact your ability to have form memory and it starts to impact obviously your moods and your behaviors and you can't figure out why. And it's just because your, uh, your brain's sort of injured from the events that experience. So what writing does and therapeutic writing does, it kind of gives your brain permission to go back to those events and create the narrative on its own terms. You know, instead of it just visiting you in as triggers might, you know, like one thing they talked about is how one of their triggers was their phones. Oh, as soon and as when I phone yeah, off, yeah. And when I, when I started working on it, we didn't have that. You know, uh, my wife was in a, I was held hostage one time, um, really impacted our life and her life. And another reason I got into this, um, but, she didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any way to communicate. So it wasn't really a trigger, but they talked about how, you know, whenever their phone ring, they had to change their ringers or switch it up because as soon as it would come in, that sound would immediately trigger their brain to go into essentially what's a fight or flight. Right. You know, and that, um, they talked about how that impacted them or just seeing ambulances or driving certain places and how that sort of exacerbates that or the memories and the fear and the anxiety that goes along with that. So does the writing actually make them, uh, or in the sense of you have to, you have to confront it or is it just, it's allowing you to be okay with this idea of being able to address things again? Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both. I mean, you are confronting it in the sense that, but you're confronting it on your own terms right? rather than it coming to you, like I said, and then to put it into a context that you can, uh, better, better deal with, um, because, you know, when the events go on, sometimes your brain isn't processing in a way. It's almost protecting you, keeping you safe. So it's why a lot of people's experience the fog of war mm -hmm. and they get these experiences because they're, they're actually not creating memories the way they normally do because they're being, it's being overridden by all these other chemicals that are going through your brain, which are chemicals that are basically like, get out of here, you know, go run and save your life. And so that now you're revisiting that narrative and instead of it being pieces, you're putting it back together yourself. And coming to terms with it in that way, it's not going to go away. I mean, this part of who they are, like these people that experience that as part of who they are, um, they're going to live with that. It's going to shape um, their future, but they can have more control over it. And that's the biggest thing about writing is gaining control over those experiences mm -hmm. and not letting the experiences 
influence and control them. That was pretty interesting. I mean, that, and that's where you talk about words in one of our, I don't know if it's a catchphrase, but we, we talk about words having magical powers. Sure. You know, and uh, magical powers to create images. And it's really interesting and things like that. But then again, to heal, you know, you think about being able to, you know, put those things into context and to uh, grow and heal just by using the power of your words and your language. But what helps you give yourself that perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So is this workshop, how are you running it? Is it coming up? Can we learn more about it on page15.org, which we could probably learn a lot about all you of You can learn programs. a lot about it. I'm not sure if we, we, we might have something on it about page15.org. This is something we did um, as a one-off just because they actually reached out to us, which was interesting because right when it happened, I knew right away, I was like, you know, we, we could help these people because I'd seen it so much. You know, I'd seen kids work their way through grief in a variety of ways. Um, and I knew it would help because I'd seen it thousands of times. And so I thought about it, but you know, everyone's trying to help and I don't necessarily need to insert right, myself right. and say, Oh, I'm going to save, them. you know, but I was like, I just thought it in my mind. I was like, and you know, they could benefit from some, you know, therapeutic writing and journaling, you know? And, uh, then, uh, they reached out to us and asked if we had anything that we could do for them because they were, you know, they're dealing with it. And that's what's interesting is now it's three months ago and it'll be six months and they're still, you know, significantly impacted by that. Mm -hmm. You know, their, their brain is still injured. And so they're struggling with it. It's not over for them. It's still very live and very active. So they reached out to us and, you know, I dusted off some of my research from, uh, you know, back in the stress management days and then some of the other stuff I've been doing since then. Cause it's always been an interest of mine. And then we just created a basic program that kind of gave them a background on what's going on with their brain, why these feelings are normal and to be expected. And, you know, you're not going crazy, you know, even though your brain's kind of taking over a little bit, which is hard enough to deal with as a, you know, on its own because you're, it's your brain, but it's kind of overriding some of the things in there. And so we just explained to them what's going on so you're not freaked out by it. And then just started the beginning, the process of moving it. Cause you, you can't really jump into that in one session. We actually did some exercises in writing positive things. Cause I wanted to sort of uh, give them an example of being able to create writing that, you know, creates positive chemistry in yourself, mm -hmm. like thinking about things you love and people you appreciate and people being nice to you. And that fills you with good positive chemistry. So um, just the same as that, you know, you can uh, work your way through those challenging um, thoughts and experiences um, and really work your way through it. So then we just did a little bit of journaling and then what was best about it and what, what I thought was the most valuable was, them starting to have a dialogue with one another, you know, starting to share. Cause when they started talking about triggers and they all talked about their phone and none of them had talked about it before with each other. So, uh, they didn't, so they're, they're like, like, Oh, you too. Right. And so, so there was all these things happening. And basically I kind of stepped back because you know, it was for them. They had a, they were a really nice team over there, you know, and they're really close to one another. And that was very clear. And so then they just started talking about their experiences. And there was even a time where they were all downtown together at an arts festival and they were all feeling anxiety in the exact same way, but not talking to one another. They're walking down the street and there's three of them and they're all thinking, this is a big crowd. You know, you start getting anxious about that. And they're like, I don't see any, do you see any police around here? I don't see any police around here. So that's the mind fight or flight response, just staying hot, staying active. So now they're in situations that would be normal to them. You know, they're city employees. They work with the mayor. They're at events every constantly. The time. Yeah. Now they're at events and they're kind of feeling anxiety and fear. And they think they're the only one. But it turns out everyone they're with walking right now is thinking the exact same thing. So just opening those doors, getting them to write about it and then talk to one another about it was kind of like a shared burden, which is a big thing for me is that sharing the burden of grief 
you know, what community is really all about and the ability to say, right. you're not alone in this. We're in this together. And so the biggest, well, and, there's, through, and there's nothing weird about how you're feeling. Right. So you're not unusual. It's not unexpected. It's, you shouldn't feel like not only anxious because of the situation you're in, but anxious that you're feeling anxious. Oh, exactly. That's the biggest thing is yeah. wh why, what's going on with me? Cause some of the, some of this anxiety in these chemistries can be overwhelming, mm -hmm. you know, can suddenly rise up in your body and you're having a physical reaction to it. You know, like, uh, my father-in-law is a Vietnam veteran and he's 30 years after the fact still has post-traumatic issues certain times a year, you know, when he was ambushed in Vietnam. And it's amazing how that connects. You know, so I'm even thinking about as we approach six months and then a year anniversary of the events, you know, not only the, the mayor's team, but everybody impacted by that and our community being impacted by that. I don't think any of us weren't impacted in some way. Like, do you remember waking up that day? Oh, yeah. And how it was kind of like surreal. Yep. And then you looked and then it was like, it was the shot down South Orange. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I, that's I us. Exactly. That's, that's a us. mile and a half yeah. from my house. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I remember, and especially it's, it took me a while to put it in perspective, but I think what I wrote about, I think in August was it remind me, it made my feeling and my reaction to it. A lot of the, uh, I don't know if you remember this, if you were down here in 98, but the wildfires oh, yeah. of 98, just this yeah. sort of. I worked that into a short story one time. Heat and this. Yeah. this the constant smell. The constant, right. but it wasn't obviously, you know, it was two different things completely, but what it was is just this feeling of oppression. Like we yeah. don't know what to do, right? Like there's nothing we can do or that feeling of helplessness right. to an extent. Exactly. So yeah, that's what I was, uh, that's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah, exactly. Nothing you do. And that it was us. That was a big thing to me is like, wow, this isn't, you know, removed. You know, you always, your heart goes out always in those situations, but mm -hmm. it's so different when you realize that these, this is our community.